Hi everyone, this is Mark Graham, and I'm excited to be co-hosting this very special episode with fellow Promo Kitchen chef, Johanna Gottlieb. It's become commonplace to open up our weekly email from ASI and PPAI these days and see some news about industry consolidation, whether it's a supplier buying another supplier or a distributor joining forces with another distributor. Last Wednesday, it was announced that Halo had acquired Access Promotions, the well-known distributor agency based in Midtown Manhattan. While these announcements are no longer that surprising, the rate of consolidation is unique to this time in the industry, and that's part of what we wanted to explore in this conversation. On our program today, we welcome Larry Cohen, CEO of Axis Promotions, and Mark Simon, CEO of Halo. And while Johanna is my co-host today, she's also doing double duty as she is also an employee at Axis heading up their Chicago office. Larry, Mark, and Johanna, it's such a pleasure to have you on the program today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is exciting news. And I want to start off with you, Larry. We've got lots and lots of questions for both you and Mark, but we're going to start off with you, Larry. I want you to tell me what led to your decision to sell Axis. Well, over time, you know, Axis has been on a 28-year journey from my father reminded me of my small kitchen and sitting at the kitchen table to kind of what we've grown into today with, you know, multiple offices and amazing clients and just a tremendous employee base that does creative work all the time. And one of the things that as you become more mature as a business, as you start looking around and, you know, you mentioned seeing more consolidation in the industry, but beyond that, it also becomes incumbent upon me to look at what is our client's needs? What are the needs of access? And what's the best way for us to get there the fastest? And what I realized over the course of probably the last five years is that while we are growing, the industry around us is changing dramatically. And really in the past year, I started to look out and say, it's time for us to partner up with somebody because of the globalization that's going on and more and more of our clients are trying to do things on a global basis. E-commerce, which is something we've been doing for a long time, but I think five or 10 years ago it was kind of a necessary evil and now it's becoming much more of a core competency. So that kind of pushed me along the route of, we probably need to find a great partner. And Mark and his team are exactly that partnership for us because one, I've gotten to know Mark over the years through our interactions in PPAI. We periodically would get together just for lunch and really got to know each other. And the more I got to know about his vision for Halo and get to know his team a little bit better, and then really looking at where the synergies were, they just seemed like the perfect partner for us. And I am really happy that we have gotten past the deal stage and now get to move on to do a lot more of the fun stuff. Tell me about, if we go back over the last year or so while you were going through this process, can you tell me about what you learned about yourself and also Halo that may have surprised you along the journey? Well, about myself, I would say I've always been pretty grounded and everybody that I would talk to, friends and confidants that I would talk to about this, a lot of them asked, are you ready to one, work for somebody else? And you realize that you're no longer going to be the center of attention. And what I realized was I've had that opportunity and to be in that role. And I was actually excited by the opportunity to be part of something 
bigger and a little bit different than we are. And also, and Mark and I had a lot of discussions about this, like, I really love this industry and I'm still jazzed by a lot of the stuff that's going on. And I see a lot of opportunity. And I was really excited about having the opportunity to work with an organization that had more resources and were doing things differently. And that kind of brings me to kind of the surprise about Halo because, you know, I've joked with Mark that as a small company, one of the things that we would counter program against was, you know, there's this big company out there and Sometimes it was Halo and sometimes it was Geiger and sometimes these other companies. But what I came to understand just from talking with Mark was one about his vision for what he wants Halo to be, which is not just being big, but also being nimble and smart and creative and really trying to bring together the best in the industry. And it's not something you see always when you just think about this big company and you see the numbers up there. And then also getting to know Mark is just how great of an individual he is and watching him receive his award last year at the ASI dinner and surrounded by his family. It just really felt right. This whole thing felt so right to me. Yeah. Mark, this one's for you. As you went through the due diligence process, what did you learn about yourself and what did you learn about Axis that may have surprised you? I have to say that when I began this process, I began with the highest expectations of Axis and their people, particularly of Larry. And if there's anything that was surprising, it's that both Larry and his entire team exceeded my expectations. How they conducted themselves, their organization, how they approach matters, what they have going on, their creativity, their service levels, the depth of the company. All of it, just step by step, we just became more and more excited about the deal. So if anything surprised me, it's that they exceeded my expectations. That's nice to hear. And Larry, this one's for you. What are you looking forward to in this new role? We sort of joke around that you don't have a title now, but we want to hear about what excites you and what excites you about the possibilities we now have at Axis. As I mentioned before, One of the reasons for doing this deal was really because one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to continue to grow Axis. I wanted to continue to grow our business and wanted to raise the levels of what we were already doing, which I thought was at a very high level. And as I was going through this process, I got to meet more people on Mark's team. And what I came to realize is that the people that I was going to be working with were going to push me harder than I've probably been pushed in a while. They were going to teach me things that I didn't know. And that there was a energy within the organization that I think was really reflective of the energy that I wanted to bring to this new challenge. So there are a lot of new people around the senior table, including the new head of marketing that came out of Morris Wrigley. And he's energized to work on branding, which is something that I'm really passionate about. The new head of HR kind of blew me away because you never know when you go into these things. And just the care and passion that they had about our employees. I mentioned also that, you know, e-commerce is something that I think is going to be central to every business now. And 
their team, their 340,000 square foot warehouse, the kidding they're doing. So on so many levels, it ties in with things that I've been interested in and the way technology interacts with customer service, which interacts with e-commerce. I think made on demand is going to become a bigger thing. And they're all things that they are working on and bringing amazing resources to. Larry, I'm curious to hear you say that there are a number of areas at Halo where the resources are exceptional. I don't think there's any question about that. Were there areas of the business where you feel that you were stagnating personally as a leader that may have led you to go, hmm, I don't know if I want to solve this problem myself. I need to bring in a partner. For sure. And I think it was the globalization of the businesses, but also I've mentioned a couple of times, but I think the technology area is an area where I've spent a lot of time over the past two years looking at areas of our industry that I think are doing some really interesting things. But when you look out and you say, what's the investment going to be? And even if I make the financial investment, do I have all the right people that can implement that? Because we run a pretty lean operation, particularly on the e-commerce side, and we have an amazing team. But to really take that next big leap, that which will involve the integration of, I think, promotional products, gifts and incentives, I mentioned you know, made on demand, that is a big, heavy lift and one that I think is better done within an organization like this, where there's a lot of people and a lot of companies all thinking the same way and you can marshal your resources. And that is one thing that Halo is already on that journey and I get to join it. And, you know, and Mark has insisted that I speak loudly and try to influence it where I can. And that was another part of it is, is that when you go into these, there can be a bit of trepidation as to you sell your company and then you just become a cog in the wheel and you, you just do your job and just be quiet. And that was not anything that Mark has ever said to me. It's actually the complete opposite, which is, I want your voice. I want you to speak up. And I want you to bring the stuff that you've brought to Axis and help us do some things that we think you're doing in an amazing way. So there's a real synergy between our businesses. And I think the way we were actually thinking about the future of the business. Mm. Another question, I'd love to bring you back, say, two, three years ago. And when you knew you were competing with Halo on a big RFP, what was your view of Halo at the time? Like, this is a company we'll be able to beat because of XYZ or, wow, I don't like the fact that Halo is on this RFP because they're one heck of an organization. I think it's probably more of the latter. I mean, the scale and the scope of what they are and the way they present and all of those other things. Obviously, I'm a sales guy, so I can try to spin things. But in that quiet moment when you're by yourself, you're kind of wishing that they weren't part of this and part of it was because of what they brought to the table. And I think, look, two or three years ago, I didn't know Halo that well. I knew Mark and I knew people like Jim Stutz and people like that, but I didn't really know Halo. And I would say whatever I thought about them before, I was really naive. So it is a way more formidable organization because of all of the resources that they have. But like I mentioned before, like they're on a journey and on a mission. 
for continuous improvement, you know, because there are companies that would say that are doing as much business as they are that are an unmitigated success, and it would be easy to stop. And I know you asked the question before kind of about surprises. What surprises me is how engaged Mark is on so many levels of the business, and he brings this passion that kind of filters down to everybody that's there, which is why I think he put such a great team together. Yeah. I want to ask Johanna a question and then I want to turn it over to Mark. So Johanna, as an employee at Axis, and for folks that don't know, you lead the Chicago office and have been an incredibly important part of the Axis story over the last many years. How did you feel when you heard the news? How do you see this positively impacting your career? How about any concerns that you may have? Yeah. So when Larry shared the news with me, we were actually in Vegas right before the House of Blues PK Mixer. <laughs> great and timing, Larry. <laughs> great timing. It's a small event that we put together every year. So for Larry to be able to tell me face-to-face meant a lot to me. I know he wanted to be able to do that if he had the opportunity with his senior team. And so to have that moment with him, I'm an emotional person. I'm not going to lie. It took me aback. It shocked me, but I completely trusted him and trusted him in the moment and said, I know you're not an irrational or quick thinking person and that you were really thorough about this. And so if you believe this is the right thing, then I believe this is the right thing and I'll trust the process. And I think he made a really good decision. I think it's going to be great for our company. I definitely think this is good for our clients where we can come to them and we're stronger and faster and have great backing with us. You know, Axis is a great company as well. And now we're just stronger. In terms of concerns, I, I don't have any immediate concerns. I've already met with Mark in a meeting with his team this week, and I'm really excited to get to know some people there. I think I wouldn't say the word concern. I, with Actus, we are a small, big company, if that makes sense. And you know, when you acquire Axis, you don't acquire just the company and a lot of people. You acquire us and all our stories. So for me, I feel like I grew up here. I started here at 26, and I wouldn't call myself a grown-up at all, but I've grown up here, I got married here, I had children while here, and so did many employees, right? They got their degrees, they got married, we have kids, grandkids, and so I hope that we can meet this new team and work with this new team and learn about everyone else's stories and sort of grow together, if that makes sense. Yeah, thank you. So Mark, I'm going to turn it back to you and ask a couple questions. What ranks highest when you're looking to acquire? Is it location, clients, reputation, revenue, margins, your future potential in your senior team? What's important to you and in what order? Yeah, so what I would say, Joanna, is first I must say, we're also a big, small company, small family-oriented business as well. That's how we think of ourselves, even though our numbers have gotten larger we strive to remain that sort of a culture. And you will see much evidence of it in the future. I know you personally have already seen some as we've compared notes and determined that your mother-in-law used to be in a bowling league with my wife and your sister-in-law used to date one of my sons. So we have (laughs) things that are in in common and we're going to find that throughout our companies. But from a business perspective, What we're focused on first is, would the combination create more value than already exists? Can either we add something to the business that would be joining with us 
or can that business add something to us in either case that is meaningful? And in the case of Axis, we felt that that was the case very, very strongly. And the reason is Halo did not have a major presence in New York City. We have several account executives, and they are very skilled, very experienced, terrific people. But we didn't have that scale in that office. And we felt that if Halo is going to continue its journey and its growth, we needed to have a major presence in New York City. Access is and has been, for as long as I can remember, the premier promotional products distributor in the New York City area. Nobody comes close to Access. And the ability to partner with Access, we thought, business-wise, would be great. Additionally, many people in the industry know Larry Cohn. And to a person, every one of them would agree that Larry is among the most thoughtful, the most forward-looking, and the most down-to-earth and honest-to-goodness people you're going to run into in the business. I've described him to members of our team before they met him as somebody who's going to be our chief visionary officer. That's how I see Larry. He came into an executive team meeting that we had in Las Vegas during Expo. Before the deal even closed, we were signed but not closed. And to show you the trust and confidence I had in Larry, I had him in with our group even then. And it was such a pleasure for me to validate everything I've always thought about Larry and see how he conducted himself and how he handled aspects of the meeting. And he certainly did speak up and I appreciated it. And he's going to add a ton of value. So business perspective, can we add value to each other? And clearly we can. And then other things have to be right. The cultures have to be a good fit. It can't happen if you don't have a good value proposition, but it also cannot happen if the cultures don't mesh well with each other. We deeply respect the team at Access, and that runs through the finance and operations department, through the account management teams, and they have a number of very strong players there, and we're excited to get going with them. We have capabilities that we think they'll want to introduce to their clients. We have prospective clients. We want to get them involved as well. And we have our halo recognition just across the river, 15, 20-minute drive, depending on traffic in New York. And we see them working closely together. So you ask what interests us, and these are the things that have to occur for us to want to do it transaction and get started in a relationship. So Mark, I'm curious about your perspective on how owners drive value in the business. So my question is, owners that are able to make themselves redundant and replaceable often get the most generous multiples when it demonstrates the business is not reliant on the owner sticking around. How many owners do you keep on versus those that you respectfully show the door after a period of time? Well, it's not a case of us making that decision to show them the door. It's a discussion for all of us to determine what the 
objectives, personal objectives and business objectives of that business owner are. And much as price is something that is an important aspect of doing a transaction, whether we're meeting their life objectives, their personal objectives, is also very important. If Larry, I think we could have paid twice as much money. And if we would have said to Larry, yeah, but you're out tomorrow or you're out in six months, we don't need you. He wouldn't have wanted to do the deal. Mm. And although he may try to take me up on it now, now that he hears that, but (laughs) it was equally important to him to continue to pursue the journey and the dream that he talks about. There have been owners who have said that they want to retire. Either they want to retire now or they want to retire in two years or five years. And we've planned the transaction and the go-forward relationship based on what they stated their preferences were. And we are able to meet a fairly wide range of preferences if we found it was somebody that, you know, where we didn't think the individual was a good fit for us. We might be interested in the business without the individual, and they might or might not be interested in us, but that goes back to the culture question. But in most cases, you're dealing with good people. They've been successful, and to be successful, you have to be a good communicator. You have to be a hard worker. Your values have to be in the right place. You can't get too far if they're not, if you're too short-sighted about those sorts of things. And we're able to reach a pretty direct and clear understanding of what the future looks like. Mark, this one's for you again. I know we're putting you on the spot here. The makeup of Halo has really changed over the years. Years ago, Halo was a small network of independent reps, where now it's a larger company with the larger end of the market by acquiring distributors like Sunrise, CSE, and Axis. How does Halo balance the needs of its larger distributors with the individual salespeople? The needs of all of our people are, in most respects, fairly similar. The account teams, whether it's teams or it's individuals, first and foremost, they want to service the end-user customer, and they need assistance to do it. Some need more assistance, some less, some different sorts of assistance. And we're able to provide the wide range of support that helps account executives and account management teams be successful. We had clients going back several years that grew with us and their needs became greater and they became more sophisticated about what they should expect from a a promotional products distributor. And we grew with those clients and we became better as a result. And we did some early acquisitions that made us a much better company. And we've continued to learn from every single acquisition we've done, from the recruits we've brought on. We learn from everybody. It's amazing how you think you know what you're doing. And then somebody has just some little nuance about something they do. And you look at it and you say, gee, It's really something we should have been doing all along. And you try to have an open mind and you want to be able to adapt to that. So we found our business evolving and changing 
And we found that we're servicing these larger clients where we needed our own account management teams. And we found that there were great similarities between what we were doing. And then our first acquisition of this nature was Catalyst out in Seattle. And they were very much organized into account management teams, providing creative services. And they found that the capabilities we had that they did not have added a lot of value and it really worked. And as we saw that work, we started to take more action because we found that we could provide those capabilities. We had matured to a level where we could add value to a CFC, a CMG, a Sunrise, and Boost, and now hopefully Access, and capabilities to provide office where they need on-the-street people in London, in the EU. They need employee recognition and rewards. They're great at creativity, but don't have the kidding and assembly and warehousing and inventory management that we can provide. So we're able to add value. And that's how we evolved. And that's how we've gotten to a point that we could be a valued partner to individuals at groups like Axis. Let me jump in for one sec, because I think that's one of the things that Mark has done and what he's built there is that, you know, again, given their size, they could do an acquisition and they could force everybody into a funnel. And I think what Mark has done is he goes in, he recognizes the strengths of the organization and looks at the other strengths that would be complementary to that and really tries to maintain the flexibility to allow companies to continue doing what they're doing as opposed to saying, you now need to do it exactly our way. Because then I think, you know, those types of acquisitions and the kind of companies that he was just mentioning probably would have to change so much that they would probably lose their special sauce if they got forced into this funnel. Mark has really allowed companies and the owners that have stayed on to really continue to do the stuff that they're best at and to find complementary skill sets within the organization to make them better. Mark, back to you, Ken. I want to talk about suppliers for a moment. How do you feel they react when they get news like this? Do you think they're happy? Why or why not? Well, suppliers look at this and there are several thoughts they have. Most of them are very positive. Of a positive nature is they don't need a credit and collections department when they're dealing with Halo. We pay our bills regularly. They can count on us. They know that we are trustworthy and honest. We're not fighting over nickels with them. We're making sure that we follow whatever the PO is and we get it right. So you don't need credit and collections with us. Our orders come in clean. Occasionally, there'll be a wait on the ship too or some detail, but our orders come in clean. We view it as important that the order be complete when it goes to the supplier. So we cut down dramatically on the friction that occurs in order management on both sides, for the distributor and for the supplier on inquiries and so forth. And we can electronically transmit data to and from that also cuts down on customer service costs. So they're pleased with the fact that we have a far more limited handholding that's required when they're dealing with us. And then they get the scale. And I'm pretty sure we're the largest account of most of the major suppliers in the industry. 
and the scale is helpful to all of them as well. And we have a fair degree of control over that scale and where it goes, and we could be of great benefit to them. They also look at it and say, well, yeah, but now we've got to discount our price a little bit. Halo gets a better price. So they may say, gee, maybe our revenue is going to be down just an ounce because of that. But on the other hand, they're going to save a lot of efficiencies through their system that more than make up for that. So what I would tell you is suppliers have every reason to be happy when they see us do an acquisition, particularly when we're doing one of scale like this. Larry, I've got a question for you. There are a number of 50-something owners out there, similar to you, that are running businesses between 10 and $50 million distributor companies. And I would imagine most are evaluating their options as they near that next stage in their career. Aside from selling to a larger company like Halo, what are some of the other options for these owners to realize value in their companies? I'm not sure if you considered any other options beyond Halo, but I'm just curious to see if there's any other avenues for realizing value that you came across. I would probably say over the last eight or so years, we get calls all the time from either business brokers looking to sign us up and they've got you know potential buyers out there. We have spoken to a number of other companies that you know, are kind of in the acquisition mode within the industry over the years. A lot of times it was more from my point of view, not because I was ready to sell and I probably didn't even think it was the right time, but because you should. And I would say for owners that are out there and you don't need to be a 50 something, I think you need to keep, you know, your ears open and just be educated about what's going on in the marketplace. Because the one, you can build relationships that down the road might turn into something you know, I've joked that I think Mark and I, we were dating for like six or seven years <laughs> about this stuff. And it was just a very kind of, you know, let's have lunch and we talk about business. And, you know, I found an email like from probably six years ago where I just asked Mark a question on how they did something. And Mark, you know, didn't balk it at all and just said, here's how we do this. And it was just really kind of very like, you know, peer to peer type of thing. So there are other options out there. Someone asked me to go meet with a private equity firm and they said, we want to start doing some roll-ups and we'd like you to be the lead on that. And you know, that was not what I wanted to do. And that's probably not where my skill set is, particularly having just gone through this and look at what Mark and his team do to make these things happen. Knowing what you're good at and not good at is a really important thing. I recognize that early on in that meeting, this is not what I wanted to do. But there are a number of other options out there for companies, whether it's to sell your business to align with other people within the industry. There are a number, and I don't love this terminology, but some people call them buying groups. I think there are other groups out there. There's Reciprocity Road, there's PeerNet, where you can actually benefit from learning things from your peers, which allow you to be small and present larger, learn from other people. And I think That was one of the things that even when we were small and being part of a group like PeerNet really allowed me to learn from some amazing mentors. And I would say for anyone out there who's been in the industry for a while, this is a weird industry from the perspective of there are so many people who are willing to openly share 
so many things about how they run their business that if you're open and you're willing to share, you can learn a lot from those people. And it's really just looking at what you want to do going out. Because you could be a $10 million company that's very profitable and be happy where you are. And you could be bigger and realize that you need to do something and make some changes. But there is a lot out there. There's a lot going on in our industry. There seems to be a fair amount of money out there looking for this type of roll-up. We're one of those industries that, and Mark can probably speak to this better than me, but that seems to be in the radar where you've got lots of small to medium-sized businesses where, in theory, efficiencies can be brought by bringing companies like that together. Mark, you agree with that? I absolutely do. There's many ways to go forward, and it depends on really on what people want to do, what they're trying to solve for. And there are all these different ways, as you enumerate, of doing so. Larry, this one's for you. So as you just mentioned, PureNet, you and we, we had to leave PureNet after you sold to Halo. So two questions. How difficult was that? And what will the main buying groups look like if most of the top members end up selling to companies like Halo? Do they survive? One, I would say leaving the organization of PureNet is probably one of the more difficult aspects of this. One of the key things that helped us grow into who we are is that that is an organization, and that's why I didn't like the term buying group, because what really came to me from that is the peer aspect of it, to be able to turn to people that are in a similar situation to you that you can turn to for anything. I need a contract. I need to understand how to do this. There were companies when we were small and we didn't have e-commerce capabilities that we did joint venture projects to. So that was really difficult. But, you know, I've spoken to a lot of the people in the group and we'll continue to be friends. And, you know, I told them I was going to pop in in Vegas and eat a free breakfast and grab a couple sugar-free Red Bulls on my way before they kick me out. So they've been unbelievably positive about this and totally understanding and could see where it made really sense for us. So it was incredibly difficult. I think there's lots of opportunity in these groups. I know that, you know, I know you always speak to PeerNet. They just brought on two amazing distributors. And there's so many companies out there that, that are just right below the radar. And then you start focusing in, you're like, wow, they're a big company that I've never heard of. And so they just introduced a couple of new members. So I think there's opportunities for people like that. And these groups bring value to the suppliers. And as long as it's not just about negotiating a better price on everything, I think that PureNet is really focused in on marketing you know, the suppliers and bringing value to the suppliers. And like Mark was talking about before, part of being bigger is you want to bring some value because if you can't bring value, then there's no point in being part of groups like that. I'm excited. I mean, I'm going to miss my PureNet partners. But, you know, when Mark was talking about people like Catalyst and CSE and Sunrise, those are all amazingly creative business operators. And I'm excited to learn from them just as I did from the other peers that I had in PeerNet. So it's pretty exciting. I do think traditional groups will survive. I know, like, you know, again, I mentioned Reciprocity Road. I think they're doing amazing work. And I think they've been around probably two years or something like that. So I think 
there's definitely a lot of room in this industry. It's a really big industry that's growing and is relevant. So Larry, as we're in the final moments of the podcast, can you talk about what the next five years look like for Larry Cohen in the promotional products industry? I will be working for Halo and I hopefully will continue doing exactly what we are doing. Like I love the fact that part of Mark's vision is to grow the New York office. And, you know, we were lucky because they didn't have an office here. We have an office in Burlington, right outside of Boston, Chicago, and we're really well positioned. And I'm excited to grow that. I'm also excited about the things that Halo is doing, you know, from a branding and marketing perspective, which is an area that, you know, I'm pretty passionate about. And ultimately, I want to continue building our clients, building our client base. And I think with the resources they have, we have so many opportunities in our existing clients to expand what we are doing. I know Mark mentioned incentives and recognition, which is something that we have rarely ever sold a lot of because we just didn't have the skill set internally. Well, you know, as Mark mentioned, right across the river, there's a company that they acquired, Michael C. Fina, which is a third generation gift and recognition business. And to me, that's almost low hanging fruit for our clients because now we can go and introduce a brand new service. So five years for everything that's on my radar almost seems short and I'm excited for it. And Mark, what about you? What do the next few years look like for you? Well, what I was thinking of that as Larry was answering the question. On the one hand, I'm having a lot of fun doing what I'm doing. We have brought several new people into the company in senior roles, people who were number two at some fairly large companies. And they were blocked because the person ahead of them was likely to be there 10 or 15 years. So we were able to attract some energetic, very skilled, very knowledgeable people who are adding a lot of value to us. And those people keep me working and running really hard. It's amazing. I'm working harder now than I ever did trying to keep up with the younger people. I'm having a ball doing it. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.